Good morning and welcome to the Imago Nutrition Podcast, where we answer your questions and give practical nutrition strategies to help you and your family flourish. I'm Danielle Glesney, dietitian and host um, with you today. Um, So we are going to just talk about how can we be considerate of our kids' food preferences and encourage variety in what they eat. So doing those things together um, is what we're going to talk about as the goal. Um, Because sometimes what I have found when working with clients is um, we're struggling as parents. It's kind of a fine line um, between being considerate of their food preferences and also encouraging variety um, in a way that, you know, is um, not hindering their motivation. So, um, I think first, I just like to point out that as parents, we empathize with our kids, um, when they don't want to try something new, um, at the table, we remember when we didn't like fish or we didn't want to eat our peas. Um, or maybe some of you as adults too, um, would describe yourself as a picky eater. So maybe you struggle with certain textures or smells or um, have just a limited variety of foods that you eat yourself. Um, So again, we just want to dive into how we can be considerate of our kids' food preferences um, and encourage um, their variety um, in their diet. Um, Because the more variety that we have, the more nutrition we're delivering to our bodies. Um, So even if you have, you know, three, four, even five vegetables um, that you eat, you know, um, you can have variety within those five vegetables by making each vegetable, you know, three to five different ways. Um, Maybe, you know, stir frying or roasting or steaming or incorporating it in a soup or, um, you know, so there's lots of ways to have variety, but um, I would encourage you just to think about how many different vegetables and fruits and whole grains and protein options do your kids have and do you have um, because they will, you know, pick up on your variety. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. But um, that is our goal is to just um, how can we be considerate, respectful to our kids' food preferences, but also not hinder their motivation um, to try something new. Um, so we um, are basically wanting to treat them with respect the way we would want to be treated. And so that has to be good. So this is um, this is what we have for you today. So um, during this episode, I would like to discuss how we can respect our kids um, and give their um you know, food choices, some variety. So it doesn't have to be one or the other, but as we respond as parents, um, we can either hinder their motivation um, to branch out or try something new. So just one quick disclaimer, the root cause of picky eating can really vary. So this episode is not designed to solve picky eating for you and your child, but instead just to take one step towards encouraging encouraging your child in the correct way, um, to, you know, foster that motivation and respect your child without pressuring them. Um, so 
Ellen Satter is a dietitian and feeding therapist that is internationally known for her feeding models. And one of her models is called the division of responsibility. And you've probably heard me talk about this before because um, it is really important. It's like laying the foundation um, to uh, your your family uh, meals. Because um, when we follow this division of responsibility, which has roles for parents and roles for child um, or children, they everyone stays in their roles, then we can really eliminate pressure. So that's the first step in eliminating pressure is when we're able to follow these roles. And so if you haven't heard me talk about this before, let me review. So the parent role is to decide what food is being served, when it's being served, and where it's being served. So ideally at the table um, without distractions. But um, so that's the parent's role. And the child's role is to decide if he or she will eat the food, and if so, how much. Um, so the child is responsible for those two things. Um, so that's their choice. And so this model is encouraging for variety for most picky eaters because the child gets to do those two, have those two choices, um, if he or she will eat and how much. So you're respecting the child's body and, and the, the child's ability to choose. Um, so that is one <clears throat> way to um, foster motivation because um, they, they don't feel pressure at the table to do what you, you know, wish <laughs> for you to, for them to try that one bite of chicken. Um, so, so no pressuring, um, that, um, is not the correct way to motivate your child, um, to try something new. Um, so it feels hard. Um, I remember I did all types of, <laughs> um, pressure and a lot of them are positive in, in our eyes and a lot of them, you know, definitely are negative, but, um, you just get so frustrated. So I have been there, but, other ways to be considerate of your child's food preferences or respect your child when you're staying in those roles is one offering dips and sauces. So, you know, I remember my um, youngest boy, um, he had ketchup with his salmon <laughs> um, for multiple, multiple years. I think he just gave up ketchup for uh, with his salmon. He chose that. He chose the ketchup to have with the salmon and cause that does not sound good to me. And, um, he ate that, that salmon, like he loved it, loved it, loved it. I think majority of it was ketchup, but now, you know, he is enjoying the salmon without anything, but however is uh, already seasoned. And so offering dips and sauces can be a really fun way to, um, to respect your child and, um, you know, lean into their food preferences Another one would be to offer food uh, cut in certain ways. So you can, you know, just practice different ways to present food. Um, research shows that kids are really um, influenced by um, presentation. Um, and so making it fun, um, you know, as best you can, as as time willing uh, to cut um, foods a different way, um, I'm trying to think of a specific example of what I've done recently. Um, I know some people would use cookie cutters to, you know, make a star out of the peanut butter and jelly or um, 
Sometimes I'll peel just certain sides of the cucumber and then leave the skin on the other sides. And then when you cut it, it looks really pretty. Um, You could do zucchini noodles. Those are fun. That's a different shape for the zucchini. Um, So think about that. Just uh, maybe get a little creative on Pinterest or something like that of uh, different fun ways to present foods because kids are actually really influenced by that. Um, So that could be a way to lean into their... um, their, their desires. And then another one would be to serve things disassembled or separate. Um, so there's lots of dishes, you know, soups and casseroles that, and tacos and quesadillas or what have you that are, um, you know, meant to be served together. Um, and so I, when my son was, uh, going through this picky eating phase, um, to lean into his food preferences, I always ask, do you want yours separate or together? Um, So if we're making like a rice bowl, you know, I would just put all the ingredients separate on his plate or, you know, he would choose which ingredients are on his plate. Um, So in like a chicken quesadilla, you can have the chicken on the side or he doesn't even have to have the chicken. um, So that's the no pressure he can choose um, if he wants the chicken. Um, And then the other disassembled things like, draining the broth out of the soup or, you know, um, separating the soup at the table. Like you're still going to be cooking and, um, making it easy for yourself by cooking one meal. Um, but how can you disassemble it? Um, for example, this week, um, one of, one of my son's favorite dishes is uh, shrimp pasta and my other son will, won't eat shrimp. And so, um, you know, that's one of his foods that he won't eat. So I will just say, Carter, do you want to try the shrimp or not? And he will probably say no. And so he'll just have the, the Barilla Protein Plus Pasta. So he's still getting a good protein. Um, and then broccoli um, with the noodles and um, some Parmesan possibly. But yeah, so serving things disassembled and maybe one day he will like shrimp. So far, uh, Carter, you know, has come a long way. I remember our favorite, one of our favorite meals was like a staple. Like we could always have it on hand. So it was a really fast and easy meal, um, was black bean tacos. And he would not touch that for the longest time. I was, uh, giving up hope a little bit, but still remained my role, stayed in my role. And now he loves black bean tacos and it's, uh, an easy staple for us to have, um, when, when I haven't prepared something for dinner. Um, so, so yes, offering things uh, disassembled or separate. And then the next one would be your child gets to choose if it goes on the plate. So uh, a way to do this would be, um, you know, if you are you already know that your child does not prefer it on his plate, um, you can just ask as you're dishing up the plates or you can do, you know, kind of that family style where everything's on the table in different bowls and then, you know, just asking while you're at the table, you know, who wants what. Um, so that is another way to be respectful of your child and still they're going to be able to watch you, um, eat different foods at the table. And so, um, you are by not putting it on the child's plate, you're not like losing the battle. Um, so, um, that's something we just have to be patient with, but that is a way to be respectful and not, um, not hinder their motivation. So the next one would be to ask for meal ideas for the week. So you're not asking, you know, do you want this for dinner or this for dinner? You are asking, I'm going to the grocery store. What are your 
um, what are your meal ideas for this week? Um, it's kind of funny because my kids always come up with the same ideas. <laughs> so that just goes to show you that, you know, they, um, <clears throat> shouldn't be in charge of meal planning, um, at age six and eight. Um, so that is, um, just one way to get them involved. Even when they're at the grocery store with you, you can say, you know, what fruit do you want this week? Do you want to try, um, you know, pick, pick two vegetables out of these or whatever's on your shopping list, you know, allow them to help you make some choices in the grocery store. Um, and so another way would be to, um, away from the table. It's kind of important to do this last one away from the table, maybe at the grocery store or maybe, um, in the car, um, because we don't want it to be considered pressure by the child. So one way is if you are, um, one that remembers being a picky eater as a child, um, you can talk about that with him, him or her, and you can show them how far you've come. You can come up with one example of a specific food that you remember you did not like. And now, you know, you've tried it so many different ways and, and you do like it. You're, you're okay with it. And maybe it's not your favorite food. It's not birthday cake, you know, but all of our foods are not um, meant to taste like birthday cake. So, um, so empathizing with your child, having that conversation, um, you know, showing them you're human too. <laughs> um, and, and making sure that's away from the table. So it doesn't, um, it's not perceived as pressure by your child. So when your child chooses meals, I just want to kind of walk through what this looks like. So when your child chooses meals, their incentive to learn to like new foods goes to zero. Okay. So a possible analogy I came up with is finding enjoyment in an activity. Okay. So if your child doesn't witness anyone having fun in that activity, they are go they are going to are they going to be interested to try it? Okay. So if your child doesn't witness anyone having fun in an activity, are they going to be interested in trying it? So for an example, if I play basketball outside with my boys and they have fun, is it more likely for them to want to play basketball? I would say yes. If then if they never witness someone having fun playing basketball. Okay. So that is why, you know, this analogy kind of brings up the point that your child does need to enjoy, uh, see you enjoy a variety of foods. Um, so if you are a parent that would say you're a picky eater, you are a picky eater yourself. Um, then you can just team up and this is a journey for, for the whole family. Um, and so, um, I would love to help you with this, um, because I know it's hard to make change in, um, and yourself when you've struggled with it for so many years. Um, but it is possible and, um, it is just, a, it's just a great way, um, to, um, lean. If you think about the basketball analogy, it's a great way to have a non-pressure, respectful, you know, fun environment to provide encouragement and desire. Um, <clears throat> so, I wanted to just talk about why, um, why parents want, you know, why we, why do we want to let our children choose their meals? Okay. So we're tired of wasting foods. I understand this. I understand all of these reasons. So why parents want to let their children choose meals is we are tired of wasting food. So we just ask, you know, do you want chicken fingers or chicken quesadilla for dinner? Um, or we just feel like we're out of hope for the, for our child to try something new. You've tried 
all these different ways to help them eat something different and it's not going well. Um, and you're thinking, well, maybe this is just how children eat and they'll just become um, more adventurous later in life. And I will tell you, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes it does. And that is great. But there's lots of, again, lots of reasons for picky eating. And so if we just lay this foundation of this, um, these roles um, from Ellen Satter, um, it can make a huge difference. Um, but not, uh, like I said, it's not going to solve all picky eating problems. Um, so I can, you know, walk through some different um, therapies with you with that. And if, you know, if this is the first step you take, or you want to take this step together with me, um, I would be happy to do that. But I just wanted to kind of point out that when we're allowing our children to choose meals, it's not an age appropriate activity for our kids. Um, so it might feel like you're being respectful, but we kind of, you know, like I said, just talked about all these other ways that we can be respectful of our kids. Um, but it's just really not an age appropriate activity for our kids. So we choose age appropriate activities in like toys and books and, um, you know, all these things. And it's for our kids' safety. It's for our kids to grow in their abilities and it's for them to understand what they are doing. So if we give them a book that's not age appropriate, they're not going to understand it um, or an activity um, that's you know not safe. Obviously, they can get hurt. So when we allow our child to pick their meals or only serve what we know they will eat, um, I'm going to give you a couple analogies of what this might be like of how, you know, they need to under, they're not old enough to understand. They're not old enough to choose what's best for their body. And they're not old enough to consider consequences of their actions. Um, and so with Ellen Sire division of responsibility, she talks about doing, um, you know, meal planning and prepping with a teenager. So I'm talking for families that have kids that are, um, not in the teenage years. So in the teenage years, you can, um, you know, this might look a little different. Um, so there'll be more education and discussion and um, things like that. You're still staying in your roles because just because your kids are old enough in the teenage years to make a meal doesn't mean they're ready to. Um, so that's kind of another topic for another day. But what I'm talking about here is, um, you know, uh, preschool and uh, toddlers and school age kids, um, middle school kids. Um, so this applies to a lot of kids. They are not age appropriate to make choices about meals. Now, it doesn't mean they can ever decide what snack they're having. I, I definitely, um, you know, could talk about that with you later, but this is, you know, every day only serving what they, what you know they'll eat or every day, you know, saying, giving them two options uh, of what dinner will be or what have you. Okay. So, so choosing meals, um, or only serving what your, your kids, you know, your kids will eat is similar to your child picking out your vitamins. They are not old enough to understand what the body needs. Um, I do encourage food first. So this is not my favorite analogy, but, um, you get the point. They're not old enough to understand what their body needs. Okay. So their body needs variety. And so they will not choose that because they are not old enough to understand that's what their body needs. Um, second, um, you know, allowing your child to pick their meals or only serving what they, what you know they'll eat is 
kind of like allowing your child to go to bed at whatever time they choose. So again, they are not old enough to choose what is best for their body. So they're not old enough to understand what's best for their body and they're not old enough to choose what's best for their body. You know, so obviously sleep is very important and they want to stay up. I remember that as a kid. Uh, every child does. But so it's, it's those two factors, understand and not old enough to choose what's best for their body. And the last one, <clears throat> Allowing your child to pick their meals or only serving what they, you know, they'll eat is similar to letting your child play outside in shorts during the winter. So they're not old enough to consider consequences of their actions. So consequences of their actions of not having variety in their diet, we're going to get sick more often, um, not get enough protein or fiber or what have you. So that there are, there are consequences, um, to, you know, only having a limited amount of foods in a day. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was um, just a fun few analogies to kind of shift your thoughts about um, how to be considerate of your child, respectful of your child, um, empathize with your child without hindering their motivation um, and encouraging them in a non-pressure way. And like I said, this is just a short glimpse into how I can help um, with picky eating. I have a new picky eating package, um, which means I really don't like just one appointment with parents and families uh, on picky eating because I'm really just getting you started. I'm only giving you like a fourth of the information that you need and a fourth of the support that you need. So that's why I wa uh, wanted to tell you about this picky eating package that I have because um, it is um, definitely more hands-on, um, allowing you to get the help that you need um, it, through the process until you feel comfortable um, on, on continuing the journey. So um, it's just, I've been through it. I um, you know know how it is as a mom and um, as a dietitian, I dove deep into it um, because I really wanted to help other families um, you know, in this, in this, um, trouble. So picky eating package, this is for parents who have struggled with their child's picky eating for a short time or years and are motivated for change. So in the first session, you will learn root causes of picky eating, a model of feeding that restores peace and eliminates pressure methods in introducing new foods and what to what to expect and how to respond in the process. And as well, that first meeting you walk away for it with specific goals to get started. Okay. Really specific goals. I am a very practical person. And then in session two and three, we look at what is going well and what are struggles to determine the, the next most important steps. So, um, I can't really say, you know, what those next important steps are because it depends on the person is very tailored, um, per family. But one area of discussion may be um, different ways to prepare foods to provide more opportunity for variety. Or another way would be how to maintain your health goals. Um, because as your child's learning to enjoy new foods, that can be hard on parents to, um, you know, still prioritize their health. Um, so we talk about that. And then session four is designed to give you all the tools that you need to choose um, foods that are best for your family, foster healthy relationship with food, and just establish a really rewarding approach to your family's health. Um, so, you know, if 
if we need more sessions, that's a lot of information to cover in just four sessions. Um, but if, if we need more, we can always do that. But that is a, a minimum of four visits um, because that's just how long it takes to feel really comfortable um, and, and, and solve this picky eating. Um, it's not something that can go away on its own um, all the time. And sometimes there's, there's more therapies that are needed than just this one uh, feeding model that I mentioned here. So, um, so yes, please uh, share this podcast if you found it helpful. Um, if you know a family member or friend that has a picky eater, and um, as always, we want to th uh, thank Happy Pill for our theme song, Thinking About Food. Also, follow us on social media at Imago Nutrition, I-M-A-G-O Nutrition. Thank you so much. Have a great day.